sometimes being the unique voice in the room can also make you the most powerful voice in the room. And I thought that was so interesting because my natural instinct is to think the reverse. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. Today, we're going to tackle uh, what could potentially be a hot button issue, but it's one, to be honest, that I'm surprised it's taken us this long to get to, because we are a podcast of two women working in design in the tech industry, and we have not yet done an episode about being a woman in tech. Uh, I think this is really important to discuss. I think that there is still a lack of women in tech that we'll discuss. You know, if you look around your tech company, you're probably going to see a lot more men than you will women in the, like... Uh, product or like technical roles, you know. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It should be good. We'll talk about our experiences being a, a woman in design and yeah, what's that meant for our career, What what's impacted us, what hasn't, and should be good. Uh, before we get into that though, Fem, I have a little follow-on from last week's episode. Oh, okay. It's not often that we have directly related follow-ups, but I feel like it's something that other podcasts do. But, okay, so we have a new manager starting, right? A new director of marketing starting at ConvertKit. And to prepare for this, we had Barrett, who was our old manager and is now the COO of our company. He asked us to write like a cheat sheet for our teammates. So we had to write down things that they're really awesome at and then things that they struggle with or like need to work on um, just so that our new manager could read it and kind of get to know us and our working style a bit before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they're not like coming in blind. And this is something at ConvertKit, we do unsolicited feedback sessions every retreat. I've talked about this before, I think. Uh, on past episodes so we're used to having our teammates give us feedback and we all know that we can say like sometimes work can be kind of hard things to each other and you know take them I suppose because we know it comes from a place of love and a place of like you know wanting you to grow mm-hmm. anyway uh, in my feedback it was amazing to see you know those two flaws that I mentioned in our in a previous episode they were reflected in in the feedback from my team, like being emotional about things, about decisions and, you know, when it perhaps I don't need to be and it's not that big of a deal. They didn't phrase it like that. That's just how <laughs> how you interpret it. Uh, yeah. And um, the whole thing about deadlines, like overworking myself and like committing to too many things. Both of those things were reflected in that feedback from my team. Interesting. Yep. So I feel like they know me pretty well and my flaws are obvious. <laughs> well, it also shows, I think, how self-aware you are. True. That is a nice positive spin on it. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes like some people do struggle with that and and don't have the sense of self-awareness. So I think at least this shows that you are self-aware. And so with that, I guess you can better critique yourself and have a a bit of confidence knowing that your critique is probably almost on point, which is kind of useful. Yeah, that's true. That is very useful. I just thought that was interesting. So I wanted to share that with you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for sharing. Good follow up. Okay, let's dive into today's episode because I think we're going to have a lot to say on this topic. So, you know, we don't want to waste any time. (laughs) First of all, I want to preface this by saying that, uh, and I'm speaking for you, Femme, but I'm pretty sure that we, you know, we've discussed this before and this is the case. Neither of us have felt like, you know, any extreme discrimination based on our gender in the workplace, right? But this is still valid for us to talk about because there are still a lot of differences And, you know, it's these small little, like maybe you call them microaggressions or just little differences that you notice and remind you that in this place where you work, you are not the norm, you know, 
So I don't think that you have to have been through some big, uh, I don't know, big trauma to be able to talk about being a woman in tech and, and how it affects you. So if no. you're looking for that kind of, I don't know, drama in this episode, that's not what you're going to get. But you will get <laughs> the just, you know, if honest experience, I guess. Honest experience of two women in tech who perhaps haven't experienced anything extreme. But there's still a lot that happens in our day to day that, uh, yeah, perhaps men in the industry might not experience. So... Yes, and I think also to run off that is even though we maybe haven't experienced some sort of, you know, dramatic or or drastic thing that's happened to us because of our gender, it's also worth keeping in mind. And I'm not really at this point yet, but I have read blogs of other women who have experienced this and they talk about the death by a thousand cuts. And so like instead of one big event happening to them, it's like these small microaggressions that happen consistently over time. Like it's like getting those tiny paper cuts that, you know, are really tiny and small, but sting so much. And if you get a lot of them, they all add up. And so I think that's also something to consider and to talk about is that even if your experiences are these tiny micro things and, you know, they feel really small and like you should just brush them off. Just keep in mind that, you know, if that if that happens over time, it can add up and that can also definitely be a problem. So it's not just the, the big events, but I think the small little things that happen uh, are just as equally important. Yeah, totally. That's a really good, great point to make. And I also want to say that uh, I think a identifier of the problem here is that I, I don't know about you, but I feel lucky to have never experienced, you know, any sort of gender discrimination like overt gender discrimination anyway, in the workplace. I I feel lucky because of that, because I know that so many women in tech have. And so I feel like I have, you know, been lucky to work at good companies around good people who haven't been the type to discriminate. And it sucks that I feel lucky because of that, right? Like that should be a basic human right that we all are not discriminated in the workplace based on anything. So yeah, that's important to note as well. Yeah, I was thinking that as you were saying, I was like, well, the fact that you feel lucky about that, I think also speaks something in itself, right? Because as you said, it should we should all feel that way. We should all uh, have that privilege, I guess, of being accepted, being invited, feeling like, you know, you have a voice and you're part of the team. And yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, that is not the case for everyone and more and more common for women, uh, especially in tech. Uh, In my experience, while I have not experienced any kind of discrimination or things like that, I have so far in my career, mostly most of it being the only woman uh, on my team. Um, So I'm currently the only woman on my team at Uber, although that's going to change very soon, which is exciting. Um, And when I was at Atomic, uh, there was about a year or a year and a half period where I was the only woman in the company at all. Wow. We had a previous woman, but she left. So then I was the only one for quite a while. And it's interesting. And I hadn't really thought about it much, especially like... I don't know. Also, when I was looking for jobs almost a year ago now, which is kind of unbelievable, uh, it wasn't really something I was paying too much attention to either. I know that uh, I've spoken to some women in tech and when they apply for new roles, they kind of have this red flag if the team is male only and things like that. And so that can come into their decision making on taking jobs. And at the time, I hadn't really questioned it because I was used to it. Like I had already. Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, right? I, I was like, well, it's 
I've already been the only woman in not just a team, but a whole company, uh, even though, yes, that company was small, but still. Uh, and so it wasn't really something on my radar. But I think now that I have for the last two years, if not longer, been like not really worked directly with other women. Now I'm like, okay, maybe this is something that I should not have a red flag about, but just keep in mind, you know, keep on my radar. And I'm really happy that at Uber, we are going to be growing the team and we're having a woman join us in a month or two, which is really exciting. Awesome. But yeah, I think going forward, if if I were to sort of look for a new opportunity, it would definitely be on my requirements list for the team to A, be diverse and hopefully in the form of having at least women on the team. Did you notice in design school that you were kind of one of the few women there? Because it's been my experience too that I've been not often the only woman on the team, but often the only woman designer, right? Or like one of a handful of women designers on the team when I was at Zero, which was a bigger company, you know. In design school, I thought that the split was pretty even between men and women in my class, right? I never noticed that there was, you know, more more men than there was women or even vice versa. I think in some of the different majors that were part of my degree, because my degree had like photography, fashion, uh, you know, textile design or whatever, all part of it, as well as graphic design and animation, things like that. Some of the different streams tended to swing one way or the other. But in general, in my classes, it was a pretty even split. So uh, I was kind of surprised when I got to my first job in the tech industry and there was only one other woman on the design team and the design team at that stage had, I don't know, at least 10 to, you know, 10 to 15 people on it. That was when I first noticed it, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I mean, what do you think the reason for this is? Do you think that, because I agree, I had the same experience at design school where I I never questioned the gender split, really, because it was normal. It was pretty even. Do you think that after graduating, like less women move towards tech and maybe more towards like agency life? Or do you think they fall off altogether? I'm I don't know. Like, what what do you think is the reason for that? I think that's really where this challenge lies. And like, all you know, we do have. If you look at the design schools, the I mean, I'm generalizing here. I don't know for sure, but from my experience, it seems like pretty gender split. A good a good gender split. And so the question is, what what is it that happens that afterwards in tech, especially, suddenly we do have this big gender divide? And why is it that women are a main target and often being discriminated? discriminated against in our industry? It's it's just a really interesting question. And I think it's a challenge that is becoming more and more talked about. And these tech companies, especially in Silicon Valley, are becoming more aware of it and knowing that it's a problem that has to be addressed. Yeah. So I obviously don't have an answer to what the problem is, how, how it can be solved, I mean. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to like put you on the spot. <laughs> but um, OK, so I made a video about being a female designer a while back. And a lot of the most common comments that really frustrated me were, but women just aren't interested in tech. They're not just not interested in web design. So that's why you're not seeing them there. And I, I'm like, no, that is definitely not the case. The thing is that if you see a space that is mostly people who are not like you, you're not going to feel like you fit in there, right? So we are the ones who can put up with, I guess, in a way, uh, entering a company where we are the minority in terms of, you know, the gender split. And we are powering through that. But for some people, that's a big turnoff. Like you were saying, for people who want to join a team that 
you know, has at least one woman on it already, they don't want to be that first one. And that's fair enough because we can't expect every single person to, to like break that barrier and, and bear that, that burden or whatever. I don't feel it's a burden personally, but you know, some people might, and we have to keep that in mind. If a space is not welcoming to you, you're not going to feel like that's a space you can enter a lot of the time. And tech in general is very male dominated, especially the like technical teams, you know, the engineering side, I think has it way worse than design, but you know, we're not engineers, so we, we won't really touch on that. But yeah, that that's the main problem, I think, is not seeing enough representation. And so you don't feel like that's a space for you. That's why I think it was important for us to start this podcast. Not saying we're all like, oh, amazing for like putting ourselves up there. <laughs> it's harder to see women in tech than it is to see men in tech. A lot of the big famous designers are, are men. We are not big famous designers. We're not going to be anytime soon. We just have a little podcast where, you know, we talk about things we struggle with. But still, I think it's that lack of voices and that lack of representation. That's why, why some women don't enter it. Yeah, I think so too. And I see this... I see the proof of this, I, I guess I would say, when I go to meetups or events. Yes, yes, conferences and things too. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, it's not that there are no women in our industry or that they're not interested, like you said. They are there and they do exist, uh, but it can be a little bit harder for them to feel confident or comfortable enough, like, you know, stepping out and and showing themselves. And I see this like I've been to a few different meetups or UX design focused meetups in Amsterdam, uh, one of them being Amsterdam UX, so pretty general, and then another one being uh, Ladies That UX. And it's interesting because I go to Amsterdam That UX and it's like almost always mostly men. And then I go to Ladies That UX and it's like almost mostly woman. Uh, and so it's just so interesting because if, if you only go to the Amsterdam UX one, then your perception is, well, there's no woman in tech, but that's not true necessarily. Um, because then you go to the ladies one and there's like 90% women. Um, so I don't know. I think there's also a problem there of women feeling like they, I don't know. I think we feel like we're more easily judged or we're like an easier target. And so putting ourselves out there is a bit more risky sometimes. And so naturally, I think our default is to retreat or to not participate uh, because we have this fear, I think, that something bad might happen, I guess, if we put ourselves out there too much. Yeah, I think you, I can't remember what episode this would have been, but you have talked about an article on The Atlantic called something about the confidence gap oh yes before. i have do you remember yeah. that yeah yeah like the pay gap exists right and also this like lack of gender diversity in tech exists because of the confidence gap that people of a i'm gonna say gender minority even though women are not a gender minority so but they are in tech i suppose <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i get it i get it yeah, yeah you get it and people listening will get it it's that people who are of the minority in a space feel less confident and so therefore find it harder to like rise through the ranks mm -hmm. like someone who you know sees themselves everywhere in the space would yeah if that makes sense yeah and i think that that is definitely one of the problems and probably why ladies at ux women feel more comfortable attending because they know hey this is going to be a space for me where i'm going to meet like-minded people yeah whereas amsterdam ux i don't know it's it's a risk so maybe i won't go because what i've seen in the tech industry so far doesn't get my hopes up <laughs> totally yeah it's so interesting right like i'm thinking now and i'm currently a junior designer and i don't work with or have any interaction with any senior 
female designers. Right. And so all I see, uh, you know, the people who, who represent for me, like getting promotions and rising up and being senior and progressing through their career are all males. Like it, all the people I know personally that have had these achievements are males. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with males achieving. That's not what I'm trying to say, but it's, it makes it harder to see yourself in that position uh, when all the people around you who have achieved that thing uh, do not represent who you are sort of in any way. And that also can be really hard because I don't know at all what it would look like if I were to be a senior or how that would feel or if it's even attainable. And who would you get advice from if you were? You know, Also that too, like where can I find this mentorship and this advice? And yes, I can go to my male colleagues and, and I do do that sometimes. But also sometimes it's nice to have someone that you can confide in or get the perspective of from someone who, you know, relates to you maybe a little bit better. And I don't have that access to that as a resource. And so that can also be hard. I feel like I not have to do this extra work, but sort of feel like I have to navigate and figure this out a little bit more on my own. Yeah, like no path has been laid for you almost. Yeah, I guess. This is why I get so excited when I find other amazing women designers online and, you know, follow them on Twitter and basically just watch their lives from, through their tweets. Yep, yep, Hashtag yep. stalking. But I just it inspires me so much seeing women achieve great things because I'm like yes you did it this gives me hope you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah that it just shows me that that representation is so important because the thing is and you know about feminism I'm obviously a feminist I hope you would call yourself a feminist yes, too. yes. feminism is about equality but it's not about saying that men and women are the exact same it's saying that, yeah, we've got our differences, but we should still be treated equally, you know, like we're still equally valid. We still have, you know, our talents are equally as valuable. Right. Exactly. Slight aside. I want to say on the conference topic, too, that just like I was talking about at the start, feeling lucky that I haven't experienced any overt discrimination throughout my career so far. I'm also like, wow, great job, conference, when they have kind of an even split between men and women speaking on the stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that should just be a given, right? Right. It should be standard. I shouldn't be giving them props for that, but I do because it is kind of rare for conferences to have that. Yeah. What was I? I was listening. Yes. The new startup podcast, they just released a new season and I was listening to the first episode and it's about uh, this woman who is a... Uh, investor. Oh yes, I did listen to this. Yeah, yeah. and she basically prioritizing prioritizes investing in companies that have either like female CEOs or black founders, you know, like underrepresented uh, minority groups. And they asked her a question of like, you know, what do you see tech looking like in 10 years? And her answer was so refreshing. She was so confident. She was like, you know, like 10 years from now, we're going to look back on today and think, man, how dumb and silly was it that like all the people running tech were like these white men. Now we have like Asians, now we have blacks, now we have gays. You know, she was just talking about how in the future, like everyone's going to be equally represented and everyone's going to have equal opportunity to, you know, achieve success, create a startup, uh, be an investor and things like that. And I just thought that was so refreshing to hear. And like in my mind, I was like, yes, girl, like you say it. And I think that's so cool that there's someone out there who 
believes that this could happen and is talking about it. Because uh, that's often, I think, what uh, can be a good catalyst for starting stuff like this is having having people talking about it, believing in it. And I think that can totally improve, you know, its chance of success. Totally. I, yeah, I remember listening to that too and just loving that, that part of what she was talking about because she was so confident in it. She was so confident. I am not so confident. Maybe I'm a little bit more cynical, even though I call myself an optimist. So... Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and we'll, I mean, if that happened, that'd be amazing. But I think a lot has to change for us to get there. Oh, know? yeah. Have you ever, like, has there been situations for you in your work where you maybe question your actions or question your feelings because you're a woman and solely because of that? When I was at Zero and the, I was working on a, a team that had that large, like, male percentage of designers. I definitely felt like often my opinion wasn't as valid and I guess I thought that was because I was just, you know, more junior at the time. But by the time I left there, I had, you know, risen up quite a bit and I still often felt like I was less valid, like I couldn't speak with as much confidence perhaps as some of my male colleagues could. Again, just want to reiterate, we're not bashing men in this podcast. It's it's not, not their fault that they're confident. It's just that they have a lot of uh, you know, they see a lot of other people like them around. So it's it's easier to be confident when, when that happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that in particular, I guess sometimes, uh, like I was talking about in the struggles episode, the fact that I am, can be sensitive and get emotional. Mm. I hate it more because I'm a woman and I feel like, no, I don't want you to see me as this weak, you know, weak little person who is just going to cry about everything. So don't even trust her with you know, growing her career or whatever. That is a big fear of mine and a big reason why I want to, you know, learn to handle emotions better or whatever is because I don't want to, or in some way this might sound funny, but I don't want to make women look bad by, right. you know, being that stereotype. And I hate that because emotion is not weak, like I said. And yeah, I don't know. What about you? There have been situations where, Maybe a comment is made or uh, something like that where it either offends me or maybe I'm not super comfortable with it. And I question like, oh, maybe I should say something about this or raise it. And I second guess myself and I second guess whether it's worth mentioning it or escalating it because I don't want uh, to be judged on my reaction based on my gender, if that makes sense. Yep, totally. I don't want them to think like, oh, well, just, you know, it's it's fine. Like, how how is that common offensive? Just get over it or like, don't get too attached to it. Like, just let it go, you know, just let it go. And so I've definitely had those situations where I want to raise something, but I don't want to be judged based on my gender. And I try to like console myself by thinking like, well, no, like if if it offends me or if I have a problem with this, then that's good enough reason and I should say something, right? But then I always come back to like, oh, but is it worth it? Like, I don't want to stir the pot and I don't want to create drama. And not that that's what I'm trying to do, but I'm just worried that it will be seen or taken that way, if you know what I mean. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. And I have definitely been in this situation before as well, when like usually men that you work with are making jokes and you're like, uh, hang on. Not sure if that's appropriate. That's a little bit sexist. Um, yeah. You know, and... <laughs> Because so much, like, feminism exists because there is so much casual sexism in our, like, you know, Western culture in general, that a lot of things have been normalized over the years. And it's only now that 
you know, people are speaking up and like standing up for these things more, I guess, getting, getting the confidence to, and we're learning the things that you shouldn't be saying, like women's places in the kitchen. Hello. That is never acceptable to say, but that is a very common joke to, to be made. And definitely over the years, I have gotten more confident at standing up for that. Like I have no fear these days of being seen as like, oh, that radical feminist or that bitch or whatever. Sorry, now we're going to have to another explicit tag. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think it's get partly getting older for me and reading more about it, uh, you know, about marginalized groups and realizing that as a white woman, I actually have a lot of privilege. And so when I can, I want to use that for, you know, to stand up for people and, you know, muster all the confidence I can to try and help this forward, even though sometimes, you know, you're just exhausted and you just can't deal because, I don't know, sometimes you don't feel safe reacting to a comment like that and, and speaking out against it. But yeah, there's definitely been situations in the workplace that I have said nothing because I first of all, have been shocked, maybe, that yeah. someone has said that, because it's not like I thought this man was like a chauvinist pig or whatever and would have expected him to say that anyway. Um, and I've been like, oh, uh, mm, okay, and just kind of stay silent about it because, like you, I didn't want to be seen to be causing drama. Yeah. And I, I guess I regret that now, but also I got to cut myself a little bit of slack because it takes a lot of confidence to stand up to things like that, and I just didn't have that in that moment, and so... You know that's okay. The whole the whole world isn't going to be solved by me standing up to it. So while I try and do as much as I can, uh, there's also my own mental health to think about. You know, so I can't do everything. Yeah, it's just sometimes I just find it frustrating that my, I guess, feelings or comments might be judged on based on my gender. Uh, and I just remembered actually something that I heard yesterday. I was listening to a woman uh, speak yesterday. She was talking about her experience in the workplace and she mentioned how she had spent a lot of her career being the only woman in the room and things like that. And she said something that kind of like, you know, like took me back. I was like, wow, I've never thought of it that way. And she said that sometimes being the unique voice in the room can also make you the most powerful voice in the room. And I thought that was so interesting because my natural instinct is to think the reverse, right? Like being the unique voice in the room makes you weak because you're the only one against the voices of everybody else. And you might, you know, thus think that your opinions are not valid or worth raising. And I definitely have this even on the micro level in meetings. Like sometimes I struggle to speak up or share my thoughts because I'm in a room with 10 men. Uh, and I just liked her perspective on this, that sometimes, you know, it actually maybe could be for good or there's a way that you could use it for good. And I'm not sure yet what I'm going to do with this little piece of wisdom. Uh, and I definitely don't think it applies all the time, but I still think it's an interesting thought and something to think about. Do you think that hearing that maybe gives you more confidence to speak up? Maybe. Yeah. I wonder if it will, because now I, now my perception of it is potentially changing, right? Like instead I thought I was weak, uh, but now I'm thinking, well, actually maybe there's a way that I can use this voice for good. And maybe like, I don't know, because I am a unique voice, does that mean people are more likely to listen to you? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but it's an interesting way I think to think about it. And yeah, I think it probably might give me a little 10% confidence booster uh, going forward. That's good. Yeah. 
I think that's a nice positive spin to have on it. And it's the reason that diversity in all things is important, you know, to get those different voices, different perspectives. Because like I said, men and women aren't exactly the same. So, it, you know, it is good to hear your thoughts on things and it's going to be valuable to your team. So good. I hope you share. <laughs> um, I had an interesting moment um, sometime last year, I think it was, when I kind of realized that I'd been spent my whole most of my design career around other like male designers because obviously I've worked with other women on different teams and companies whatever was usually fairly even split perhaps but yeah on these these more technical like you know design and dev roles it's been mostly men and that is in that I was creating an imagery style for our blog at work and Barrett my manager noticed he was like a lot of these designs you're creating have quite a masculine like like feel to them I'd love to see you push more into like make them more feminine embrace that side because like that's a power that you have and so let's use it and I was like wow good point I guess that as I've been learning design like obviously in design school um you know I was around a lot of women there but you do a lot of learning in your career as well and I've spent my career around mostly male designers and so subconsciously I feel like I had picked up a more masculine like taste or style I suppose in my work and I hadn't noticed that personally, so it was really interesting to see him point it out. And then I was able to take a step back and be like, hey, yeah, you're right. I, I guess a lot of this does lean more onto like the masculine spectrum because I thought that that's what tech design had to be, right? Like that's what I saw. That's what I saw all my teammates doing. And so that's what I like learned and picked up on. And that's what I create. So it was cool to be pushed in the other direction. And I feel like it's just... It's made me more creative now. I feel like I have more freedom and that I'm not trying to confine myself into this box I didn't know that I was trying to, you know, work within. So maybe that's something for you to watch out as well because you are on a team with mostly men and, you know, product design is a new role for you. You'll be doing a lot of learning, obviously. Like, let's make sure that you don't, like, limit your femininity or anything because you're surrounded by male designers. Yeah, interesting. I think that's so cool and... That's also very special, I think, that Barrett wanted you to embrace that. Yeah. I feel like if I were to try embracing that, and I, I don't know how, I don't have a tangible example, but I wonder what the re reaction to that would be, right? Uh, so I think that's cool that uh, you are in a supportive place where that's embraced and encouraged. So super cool and also super interesting. Like I hadn't thought of that before in terms of like my style or maybe my work I don't know, my workflow even maybe about how that could be influenced based on the gender of the people around me. But yeah, something to, I guess, keep in mind for sure. Yeah, for sure. Is there any, I don't know, any last points you want to touch on, Fem, about any sort of little things you've noticed about being being woman in tech? Can we maybe for the last couple of minutes talk about the word guys? Yes, And I know can. this is going to be controversial, <laughs> so I'm hesitant to bring it up, but... That's exactly why you should bring it up. <laughs> yeah, true, true. So I guess for me, it was only until about six months ago that I started not liking the word guys when used to address a group of people. And so I have tried as much as I can and it's so hard to get rid of, but I've tried really hard and I'm still trying to kind of remove it from my vocabulary unless I am literally talking to a, a group of men. Uh, but I try now as much as I can to address 
uh, groups of people with alternative greetings, uh, both in person and like in emails and things like that as well, which is a bit easier because I can catch myself if I start writing guys. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. What, what do you feel about this? Because to me, the word guys implies men. Like to me, that's its definition. And so I always feel excluded upon if I'm addressed with the term guys in a group setting. And I am 90% less likely to respond or participate if a question has been posed and addressed with guys. It's both like speaking in person and also especially in chat. Always in chat, people are like, hey guys, question here. I never reply to those questions uh, because I don't feel like the question is for me. And I don't feel like I'm being addressed and I feel like I'm being excluded. So that's my personal experience and my personal feelings towards this. This, this is how I feel about that term. And I know everyone feels differently. So what, what's your take on it? How do you feel about using the term guys to address a group of people that also include women? Well, I started thinking about this deeply lately when you started tweeting about it and voicing your frustrations with it. Because like I would say the majority of the world, I have been using the phrase guys and hey guys or whatever just to mean a general group of people. Yeah. And I now understand that that is what is known as a microaggression, meaning that you're not intending to exclude anyone in using that word, but in using it, you were saying that, hey, men are the norm. And I'm going to use the male version of this word because it is seen as, you know, the majority or whatever, so it's seen as acceptable to say to a group of mixed company, even though some of them might be women, because a guy literally does mean a man, right? Like if we're talking in the dictionary or whatever. Is guys even in the dictionary? I don't know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so that is what this word is known as, and it's not like, like I said, it's not like if you say it, you are actively excluding women and you're, you know, doing it on purpose or whatever, because it is such part of our vocabulary. But like you, I have been trying to get rid of it because of that reason. I personally don't feel actively excluded when that word is used, but I think for the greater good of like the cause and for us not to see men as the default, that word needs to go because it does use men as the default. And sometimes we have to go to it extreme versions of this even though like in the grand scheme of things this is not a big deal but it's that thing you were talking about of a thousand little cuts and it's just one of the many ways in which men are seen as the default in this world and so it's it's an easy one relatively you know to get rid of and get around like there's plenty of alternatives you can use instead of saying guys hey everyone hey y'all Hey, people. Hey, friends. You know, <laughs> we will link in the show notes to a resource where you can get inspired by other phrases you could use. Cool. I like that. So, yeah, like you have been trying to get rid of it, but I definitely I feel like every time I say it now, I cringe internally because it just comes out <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Yeah. And yeah, I have you to thank for my thinking on this film. So, oh, well, I don't know. Hopefully people listening to this podcast might, might start to think about it as well and at least might never address you as included in it in guys anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is always a really hard debate because I know that people aren't using it or aren't intentionally using it in a literal sense, right? Like it, it is a colloquial way of how we address people and people aren't intentionally saying, hey guys, to exclude 
other people. Um, but we have to consider how using that colloquialism might make other people feel, right? So hence why I'm trying to cut it out of my vocabulary. Uh, and also I personally prefer if people use alternatives uh, because especially like I'm often the only woman in a meeting and that it just reminds you of it. Yeah, it just like basically makes you feel way more obvious and visible that you're the only woman in that room. And so hence why I'm way less likely to respond or, you know, interact uh, if I'm addressed that way. So yeah, just something to keep in mind. Everyone has different opinions on this. Uh, but yeah, just wanted to share how I feel about it and what I'm sort of trying to do to change or break that habit that I have. I think this also applies to phrases like, yeah, crying like a little girl or, oh, you throw like a girl or just like a girl in general, um, at used as a negative thing. Uh, definitely have no time for that. That I have no, like, guys I'm like, I have a lot of forgiveness on and, and grace on because I still use it myself accidentally all the time and it's never intentional. But I feel like using like a girl to describe something, someone doing something badly, there's just no excuse for that. You just shouldn't, shouldn't use that anymore that's not acceptable it's 2018 come on <laughs> yeah come on anything else you want to share about your experience or I feel like we've actually talked quite a lot and we actually went quite a bit in depth like more in depth than I was thinking oh, we yeah? would good <laughs> yeah so I think this was a good episode but anything anything you want to share um no last thoughts to add I guess I just want to stress again that uh we're not neither of us are saying that we're overly struggling and like trying to make it out like we have it worse than other people or whatever in talking about this we're fully aware of how privileged we are and that you know there's there's many more marginalized groups but we will leave it up to them to, to speak about that and i'm often promoting you know whenever anyone from a marginalized group is going to share something online and have that bravery i would want to be the one to share it around and try and spread their message you know rather than speak for them so yeah just that last note i guess and also to say that the issue that we're facing with women in tech is probably mostly on the technical teams, like I think I brought up a few times. I want to link in the show notes to Patreon's diversity report they released recently. Um, it was really interesting to see them, first of all, take a focus on this and publish a report based on the gender split of the teams, like the age gap, um, all of that they, they went into, uh, ethnicity and, and race or whatever as well. Yeah, it was really interesting to look at and see the split amongst the different teams. And it's probably, to be honest, exactly what you would expect it to be. <laughs> like more women in the operations side of things than uh, yes. on the technical side of things. And Yes, HR. <laughs> yeah, just really good to take a look at and question why is it that we decide women are most suitable to the HR team and not suitable to the engineering team, you know. Anyway, this was good. I'm glad that you wanted to talk about this with me, Femme, because uh, I know that it's like, I feel like you have to be a little bit brave to, to talk about things like this. And I'm glad that we did. And I hope people listening enjoyed it. If you want to share your own thoughts, we obviously would love to hear them unless you are going to tell us that women suck and don't belong in tech. In that case, you can keep your opinions to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you do want to reach out, we are at designlifefm on Twitter and you can find other past episodes at designlife.fm. And also we have a great community of both men and women. Uh, and if you want to join that, you can go to designlife.fm slash community. We talk about podcast episodes. We also talk about advice, feedback, freelancing, design, a lot of stuff that we talk about. So come on over and join that. We'd love to see you in there. Yes, we would. All right. Good chat, Fem. Okay. Hasta la vista. Talk to you later. <laughs> see ya. Bye.